0: Some things I hear all the time are, where is my motivation? Why am I not motivated? Why can I never let others down, but I always let myself down? What's wrong with me? Can you relate? There's nothing wrong with your motivation. I love you. You are pure magic. You can learn how to create weight loss strategies that will actually work in sync with how you're naturally and magically wired and motivated. Instead of trying to change yourself, let's celebrate who you are and lean into it while setting up your environment for success. In this month's motivation magic class, you'll learn, are you an abstainer or a moderator? You'll find out how to work your magic into keto with carb cycling and planned deviations. Are you an upholder, questioner, rebel, or obliger? Knowing the answer can magically transform your weight loss journey you'll finally unlock strategies that will work for you. Taking these personality tests is so fun and helpful for learning about your own unique motivation magic and how to apply this to your health goals and really any goal you have for yourself. When you sign up for this recorded class, you can watch it whenever is good for you and have access to it forever. Sign up for $22 at bit.ly slash self-care keto class, or click the link in the show notes. Welcome back to Self Care Keto. I'm your coach Jess, and I'm on a mission to create a magical experience that helps you release the weight from your body and your soul. So this week, I'm really excited to share with you another sneak peek of this month's mindset motivation class. It's called Motivation Magic. And I'm calling it Motivation Magic because it really will feel like a magical experience once you actually understand how you are uniquely motivated. You don't have to change anything about yourself in order to be motivated. You just have to understand yourself and change your environment to help you set yourself up for success. So in this episode, you're going to learn whether you are an obliger, a rebel, a questioner, or an upholder. This is another concept from researcher Gretchen Rubin, and she actually created a free quiz and a a book as well um, that you can check out. But the free quiz is called The Four Tendencies Quiz. And if you just go to quiz.gretchenrubin.com or Google The Four Tendencies Quiz, you can go ahead and take that quiz um, before you listen to this episode. If you don't take it before you listen to the episode, I'm sure that you're definitely going to recognize yourself as we talk about the different descriptions Um, But it's still fun to take the quiz and then pay special attention to the strategies that actually work for your type, whether you're an obliger, a rebel, a questioner, or an upholder. So I find that so many of my clients, this is one of the first things that I do with them. And it's like a big, like either just a laugh or like a sigh of relief. It's like, yes, that is so me. And it's so validating um, to understand okay, this is why things have not been working because I've been trying to operate as though I am motivated like some other type in the world, right? Um, But you don't have to change anything about yourself. Like you are pure magic, right? So this class is going to help you unlock strategies that are actually going to work for you. So have so much fun. I'll see you on the other side. All right. We're going to move on to the section about the four tendencies quiz. Um, So Ellen, I know that you said you didn't have a chance to take this, but I know that we took this together in the past. Do you remember your result from the past?
1: What are the category names?
0: So there are obligers and these are people who respond or who are motivated by outer expectations, but they are not really as motivated by their own internal expectations. There's the upholder. These people are motivated by both outer expectations and their own internal expectations. There's the skeptic. This person is not really motivated by external expectations, just their own internal expectations. And rebels are motivated by neither. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what you were, Ellen?
1: I think I'm more the first one where I'm motivated by outside. Uh, expectations and things. Less so for myself. Yeah. But more motivated to please others or to help others or. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're an obliger. Mm-hmm. Right. Trisha, what about you? Total rebel. She's a rebel. Okay. Paulette? Obliger. Obliger. Okay. And Jerry, will you share with us in the chat? Obliger. Okay. So what did you guys think? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go through and ask you guys, what did you learn about yourself and how do you think this is going to apply towards how you approach food as a form of taking care of yourself? So um, Ellen, will you go first? What did you learn about yourself by being an obliger and how's that? What strategies can you implement to set yourself up for success?
1: Well, obviously it matters to me what others think about me and And do I follow through on things that I say I'll do? So I think in some ways being part of a group is gonna actually be beneficial for me because you guys will help hold me accountable because you'll be expecting, you know, what have you learned? What changes have you made? Has that been helpful? Whether I actually lose a pound or gain a pound, that's irrelevant. It's more, did I do what I said I would do? And what did I learn from it? So I think, but having the group, to say, okay, coming up next Thursday, I got, I got to give them an answer. And, uh, and so that'll be my motivation to say, okay, I want, I want to show them that I can be successful. So, so I think this, uh, this will actually be beneficial for me to be in a group setting that will help, help motivate me to have something good to say about what I did in my week between sessions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, so obligers, <clears throat> Paulette, you were an obliger too, right? Just not, yes, okay. So we have three obligers in the group, one rebel, and I'm an upholder, so we'll talk about all of these. Um, but obligers is actually the most common tendency. Over 60% of the population, according to Gretchen Rubin's research, is that people are obligers. So um, give me a thumbs up if you feel like being an obliger, if you are an obliger, if you feel like you wish you were something else, give me a thumbs up. (laughs) Okay. So Ellen, you're not raising your hand. Okay. That's cool. But Paula and Jerry both feel like, man, being an obliger, like, why am I so good at showing up for other people, but I can't show up for myself. Like, I wish that I could just set a goal for myself and just freaking do it. Like, why does it have to be that I need some form of external accountability or obligation to somebody else? Okay. So first of all, I wanna remove any kind of shame, like this does not make you less successful than anybody else. It's not like um, these people can do things that you can't do. Um, Jerry's sharing in the chat, being an obliger helps with this group setting and I will want to be able to show up for the group. I also like the idea of being accountable to others as far as my food logs, okay? So I'm so good at helping other people meet their goals. All right, so being an obliger, or any type here is really just about, okay, realizing this is me, this is how I'm wired. I'm not alone. Actually, most people are this way. So it's normal, it's okay. It's not like I have some defect, (laughs) some character flaw that I'm not as strong-willed as other people, that, you know, I'm like not as deep as other people. I need some kind of carrot you know, and other people don't need this, you know, like I'm just that child that needs the lollipop. Like, this is not something to be ashamed of. This is actually the way that most people are wired. So it's okay. And being an obliger is really, first of all, about just first of all, realizing it, and then hacking it, like using it to your advantage. So you're gonna set up your external environment to help you succeed. So it's really just about pairing your own tendency with the right environment, to help you succeed. So being an obliger, you need others to need you to do the thing that you need to do for yourself. So it's really just about bringing some other people into this. It's about working with a coach, which you're doing right now. Awesome. Most of my clients are obligers, go figure, right? It's because they need that external accountability. Again, nothing wrong with that. Obligers are people who do better when they um, have a workout buddy you know, or they're, they're on a sports team or whatever. Like they, they were so active in high school because they were on the track team and now they can't go running alone by themselves for the life of them. Okay. That's because you're an obliger. You need somebody else to need you to show up and then you will show up. So it's um, joining a Facebook group or like a group that you're in right now. Better yet, it's leading a group because the more that people need you, the more that you're actually going to show up and do it. So if you're just a part of a group, like a Facebook group that's free or whatever, you don't have any like investment in it. Well, slowly but surely you might back out of that. Like if you notice that you're doing that, it's time to up the need for other people to need you. So you'd be very successful at creating something, being the person that is like, I'm the leader of this group. Modeling for other people is a huge strategy for you. So if you're modeling for a child, if you're modeling for um, a group of, Um, friends, you know, whatever it might be. It could be even that um, one thing that's been really silly that has worked for some people that I've worked with who are obligers is even setting up some kind of like um, negative form of outer accountability. So like one of the silliest ones that I've heard that seems to really work for people is like, let's say that you don't know anybody. You don't have anybody in your life. An anti-charity. So like just telling like a husband or a sister or whatever like. Every time I deviate from my planner, every time I don't do what I said I was going to do for that week, I'm going to go give money to this thing that I hate. <laughs> like I'm so against this cause, right? But it's like, I'm going to go give 10 bucks to yada yada organization that I'm completely against. And that could be your form of accountability, right? But it's any kind of external accountability. You could be silly with it, whatever, but just having some, something outside of yourself, that's going to really motivate you to show up yeah okay so let's talk about rebels for a minute because trisha's a rebel all right so trisha tell me what you learned about yourself when you read that and you're on mute
2: i've been coughing so i keep meaning myself (laughs) Um, i realized i'm i'm um quite a rebel um more so than i thought i was um I think I need to, to like be more intentional with like making a menu. Um, I like the last point on that page where it says, maybe you also need to make any new habits as convenient as possible. So um, that, that's a big one for me. So I need to have like um, healthy snacks available when I don't feel like cooking or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So I heard you say earlier that you really hate making menus,
2: right? I do. I, I hate it. I've been doing it way too long.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: way too many years now.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is a this is a prime example of somebody trying to follow a strategy that's not um, conducive to their what motivates them. Mm -hmm. So this is common advice that people will give you when you're trying to lose weight or eat better or whatever. They'll say, oh, just plan out all of your menus. Okay. You know who that works for? (laughs) Uh, uh, Obligers, (laughs) maybe upholders. Okay. Maybe, maybe skeptics, but not rebels. That strategy is actually not going to work for you because a rebel wants to be able to do whatever they want to do at any given moment. Right. And so actually having a menu and feeling like, well, this is the plan. You're probably going to not want to follow that plan when it comes right. down to it. And
2: like, that's what's happened, yeah. Oh,
0: I planned I planned chicken breasts and broccoli for dinner on Friday night. And then Friday comes along and you're just like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Oh. Oh, but that was the plan. Let me just order pizza instead. Right. right. <laughs> so to know that about yourself is really, really important. And so I've worked with some rebels. My husband's a rebel, actually. And so you guys are tricky, but it is possible to motivate you. And so what motivates you is freedom and autonomy, being unique, doing things in your own way, not actually following the conventional path is something that's very motivating to you. So one thing that I have found that has helped my Rebel clients to succeed is actually not um, menu planning or even meal prepping, but just food prepping. So having certain ingredients in your fridge at all times, so like, let's say at the beginning of the week, you cook up a bunch of chicken breast, but you don't necessarily flavor it with anything other than maybe like salt, pepper, garlic, whatever. Um, And then you could turn that into whatever sounds good. You could turn that into something Italian. You could turn that into something Mexican. You could turn that really into anything when you add another sauce or flavoring to it. So you can actually decide that day what sounds good, but you have everything available to you. So maybe you're cooking up some proteins, you have some like steam in the bag vegetables that are ready, um, things like that. So ingredient prep instead of menu planning um, or meal prep. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, <clears throat> that's basically what I do. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I didn't know there was a term for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I guess i um, that's good to, that's good to be aware of about yourself, because as soon as you make a commitment to something like, let's say you put up a menu on the fridge, you're not going to do it.
2: <laughs> I don't by, by the third day. I'm like, forget this.
0: <laughs> right. But maybe for like an obliger who they put up that menu on the fridge and their kids saw it and their kids are really looking forward to that meal. They're going to make that meal, whether it sounds good to them or not, because they're an obliger. Right. Mm-hmm or you already spent the money on that with the groceries for that week. And you're gonna feel so bad if you don't follow through because you're an obliger, right? And so that strategy might work for somebody else. For you, having something on your to-do list, you're not gonna give two rips about doing what you said you were gonna do. You will always value freedom, autonomy, doing whatever you want to be able to do at any given moment. So setting up your environment for success is actually to have a plethora of options available to you at any given time. It's to know all of the takeout places that you like to go to And knowing what you can order from there so that when something sounds good, that you know exactly what you can order from that place. Mm -hmm. Agree. Yeah. So you feel like you've been trying to do it in a way that wasn't suited to your tendency and obviously it wasn't working.
2: Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I follow, um, I I have a subscription with the diet doctor, Mm -hmm. which is keto and the recipes are really good. But I tried to follow their like one week, two week meal plans, and yeah, it just by the third day, I'm I'm just done with. I just want to open my fridge, pull something out, throw it on, and and just throw stuff in it, and it's done.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that
2: it, it's very interesting. I, I'd never thought about it that way. So.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so I feel like um, probably most of the strategies that exist out there that are kind of common sense strategies are stuff that generally works for probably an upholder or an obliger at times, you know? So once you commit to something, that external commitment to something is what's going to set you up for success. That's kind of the conventional advice that most people hear, but you're, you're a very unique person. That's the lowest um, population of people are rebels. So they're not, there's not a lot of you. And it makes sense that you would feel like okay, I'm just hopeless or none of this works for me or whatever. <laughs> I'm just the one person that can't be helped. Well, that's not true. It's just that you haven't yet designed your environment to meet your tendency, but you can do that. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, does anybody else know a rebel in your life? Raise your hand if you think, you know, a rebel. No. Okay. Well, now, you know, one from Trisha. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Actually, this, this conversation makes me realize how much of a rebel I've become Mm. in this past, in this past year, because everything else was going crazy around me. It was my way of just saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to let anyone else tell me what to do, even a menu, even a whatever. And so, yeah. And I think that's part of what got me into trouble is just like, I'm not going to let there be any limits in my life. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to cook what I want. I'm going to eat what I want. And, and if I don't feel like cooking, oh, well, I'm not going to cook, you know? So, so I, I've been there. I, I think I've actually become more of a rebel and that's maybe I'm feeling off balance because I'm maybe by nature more of an obliger, but in this time of trying to overcome some other challenges in my life, the re- rebels is a lot easier. It's just like, I'm just going to do whatever's in front of me.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, this is so good that you're bringing this up, Ellen, because I want to clarify something that is so interesting. Um, Paulette and Jerry, do you feel, does that resonate with you that at times you just get to the point where you just want to rebel, even though you're an obliger, um, but that resonates for you. So there's something that, um, Gretchen Rubin, she is the researcher of this and created the four tendencies. And she said something very interesting happens with obligers and she calls it obliger rebellion. So this is, even though you're an obliger, here's the thing, you are. Cater to everybody else in your life. You sacrifice yourself. You abandon your own opinions, <laughs> needs, wants, um, whatever. And you get to a place of um, burnout. You just reach your breaking point And you're like, that's it. <laughs> I'm sick of this. I, you know, I'm sick of not putting myself first, you know, this is ridiculous, I have needs too, nobody else seems to be doing this for me, nobody's compensating, people don't mm-hmm. love me as much as I love them, um, you know, the stories, the stories, the stories, right, and this can all feel very true, and, you know, we have to recognize, of course, that um, we have take radical responsibility that we're the ones that are doing it over and over and over again, right? So we are, we are making the conscious choice to put ourselves on the back burner and meet everybody else's needs except our own. So there is some radical responsibility to be taken. We want to move into empowerment instead of disempowerment. But at the same time, let's all recognize that you feel that way, right? It feels very disempowering. It feels very discouraging. It feels unfair. You feel unloved. Your love tank is totally empty and you're just mad. And so obliger rebellion is like, I'm done. And then the first thing that happens is usually food. Why? Because you're not letting anybody else down by what you put in your mouth.
1: Hmm. So
0: it's not actually hurting anybody else. It's not actually you falling through on your commitments to anybody else. Maybe if you have that external accountability set up. Yeah. But for a lot of us, we don't actually have that in place right now. That's what motivates us. We don't have it in place. So we're still showing up for all of our other external obligations, our jobs, our kids, our sisters, our parents, whoever it is that we're taking care of over and over and over again, we're so exhausted and we're so resentful. And so what's the first thing to go is food. That's how you rebel is through your food because you're like, this is mine. This is the one thing that, you know, I just need something for me. I deserve this, right? Does that feel like a common feeling for you guys? Yeah, that's a that's obliger rebellion, and sometimes it'll seep through into other things too. Once in a while, obligers they'll just go crazy. They'll put their job on the spot. They'll they'll (laughs) blow up on everybody, you know, and then just lose it. I am so done with all of you people, (laughs) right? And Jerry's laughing. I think she does (laughs) it. So it's a common thing to feel as an obliger, simply because. So remember that you can be. This is this is how you're wired but you can be a healthy version of it and you can be an unhealthy version of anything, right? So sometimes our strengths, the flip side is, you know, the weaknesses of it. So it's not a bad thing to be. It's simply recognizing this about yourself and still practicing self-care. So you know that you have a tendency as an obliger to show up for other people more than you show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what motivates you. So therefore, you are still important. You still need to show up for you. And you're gonna prioritize showing up for yourself by linking it together with showing up for other people. So that way you're still taken care of. You know you're not gonna let somebody else down. So your way of not letting yourself down is not letting somebody else down in the process. Is that making sense? So that's your way of prioritizing you is linking it to somebody else. Okay. All right. So we've talked about basically setting up our environment for success by understanding whether we're an abstainer or whether we're a moderator. Um, And then as far as the four tendencies, somebody give me something concrete. What what have you been thinking in your head right now? What do you need to do? What action steps do you need to do to set yourself up for success? If you're an obliger, what do you need to do? Trisha, what do you feel like you need to do as a rebel? I'm gonna call on you first. You are on mute too. So go ahead and take it off when you're ready.
2: I, I, I don't know. I'm have to mull on that for a no. while and, and see what I come up with. Um, I think looking at, looking at the strengths of being a rebel and, the, and recognizing the weakness part of it too is probably something I need to really look at. And um, that way I can work with the good part and like get rid of the bad part because I'm going to rebel against the bad part.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So what, what would motivate you would be freedom and autonomy. And so thinking about in the short term, it feels like you're giving up freedom or autonomy to follow any kind of like what feels like a restriction, but think about what it would open up for you in the future. How will temporary um, delay of gratification. You want what you want in the moment, right? But mm-hmm. how will delaying that or just letting it pass, you know, in favor of future you, how are you going to create more freedom and autonomy for future you? What are some of the things that you want for yourself in the future? That, well, I, I,
2: I want to be skinny.
0: <laughs> it goes deeper than that. Tell me more.
2: I want to be skinny. I want to have uh, healthy glucose levels. i I want to feel comfortable in my own body yeah. when I'm out and about. I hate going to church because mm-hmm. uh, I just don't feel comfortable in in my clothes, yeah. you know, so I don't know if that answers your question or not, but
0: you want to feel comfortable and competent to do the things that you want to do in your life?
2: Yeah, because I don't,
0: right. Yeah. And so you're actually telling me right now that your weight currently, or the way that you look is holding you back from fully enjoying your life and feeling freedom and autonomy to do whatever you want to do. It's holding you back right now. Yeah. Are there any other ways that it's holding you back? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, it's not good for my health. So Mm -hmm.
0: yeah are there things that you want to be able to physically or socially do that you feel like you can't do because of your health? Well,
2: um, I have limitations, but, uh, eating healthy is not going to, um, remove those limitations because I have a knee replacement and a few other issues that are going on. Um, but, I just I don't know I just don't feel confident as a person and um, even being in a group like this is is very scary <laughs> so I don't know I just have to take steps to move in the in a different direction than the direction I've been going because the direction I'm going is not working yeah. and I just want to be who God wanted me to wants me to be you know instead of rebelling against that I'm I'm tired of rebelling against that, you know.
0: Yeah. So tell me more. You want to be who who God wants you to be. Who is that?
2: Well, like the writing the book thing, I I know I have a story. I'm afraid to share that story, so like I kind of hide,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: a good way to hide is to eat. So I yeah, it's just. A vicious cycle that keeps going on and on and on and i sabotage myself and then uh, it's just it doesn't feel good yeah Yeah. so um yeah i i need to stop and by doing this group and learning some things about me like i did today um i think it's gonna help a lot
0: yeah and that's what it's really about i i want to thank you for sharing that um Who else feels like you hide from the fullness of your life because of how you look like your weight is holding you back from showing up? Yes. I've been there too. Um, I remember, um, being 40 pounds overweight. Um, you know, my story is that I I struggled with weight most of my life. Um, but the sad thing about it is that I wasn't overweight for most of my life. I was actually at a healthy weight for most of my life. Um, I was overweight as a child and because of this, of what I was taught about that and feeling so much shame about that and feeling, um, like there was something really wrong with me. Um, even once I reached a healthy weight, I always saw myself as overweight and I always felt insecure and I was always holding back. I didn't want to be in the spotlight. This got much worse though. Um, when I actually became overweight, I was at a healthy weight for most of my life. I went through a really traumatic experience. And I packed on about 40 pounds in the course of a year and look, walk past the mirror and you look in the mirror and you feel like, who is that? Like, I don't even recognize myself. I don't feel like that's the real me. Um, And turning down social invitations, not wanting to go to church, feeling like you don't have anything to wear, trying to get dressed to go meet somebody, try on, you know, 10 different outfits and cry because you don't like how you look, you know? And so I want to let you know that you're not alone. Um, I have felt that way. And so has everybody else in this group. Um, so you said you want to be skinny and, you know, I know that there's more beneath the surface there because it's not just about looking a certain way, um, to get your own approval or to get somebody else's approval. It is really about having confidence and energy to show up for the fullness of your life and for the plans that you feel like God has for you. Yeah. And you've shared that with us, that God is like calling you to step out and do something that's kind of scary. And you're kind probably, scary. yeah, you're probably thinking, I don't want to be an author. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to like promote this thing. I don't want my picture on the book cover. I don't want to talk to people about this. I don't want to get up yeah. and be a public speaker, like, you know, because of how you look, right? Yeah. So you're not alone. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So I'm hearing you say that you want to give some more thought to this idea of being a rebel and how you might incorporate some strategies. Um, And what we, what I asked you about was future you, because that's something that's going to be super motivating for you um, Mm -hmm. is creating freedom and autonomy for future you. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to do what you want to do, which is to write this book, which is to feel awesome and go to church and look cute or whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's what I want to do, but
0: yeah. Yep, yep. So one of the most motivating things for you, I'm... you can skip ahead. You guys can skip ahead to any of these exercises that are in the book whenever you want to, Um, but we're going to talk about them on specific days, but they're all there for you to explore. So one of the most motivating things for you, Tricia, I think would be the inspiration over motivation exercise. And that is thinking about future you. So this is motivating for everybody to think about your future self. Um, but particularly for rebels who feel very motivated by having, um, freedom and autonomy to link together, your strategies today are creating freedom and autonomy for you forever is something that is gonna, gonna be what motivates you as a rebel. Yeah. So check that one out. All right. Okay. Um, so Jerry wrote in the chat about a strategy for her as an obliger. I'm thinking that the idea of listening to keto podcasts to and from work will keep my goals at the forefront of my mind. Yes. So that's a great concrete strategy to follow, Jerry. Um, So obligers are very um, susceptible to outside influence, right? So especially when you're part of a group of people, the more that you are um, putting that into your mind, the more that you're going to feel motivated to follow through. So definitely consuming um, podcasts, following people on social media, joining a group, um, all of those things are very motivating. So that's a great concrete strategy. Ellen or Paulette? any, what's, what's floating around in your mind right now? Something like, I feel like I need to do this, um, to motivate me as an obliger.
3: I know that, um, the logging, which, you know, I, because I was sick and I always fall off the logging wagon when I'm sick. Um, but, um, because I know that's visible to you. That's visible to my son, and and it does help me. And um, and and also, though, um, it, it it keeps it um, real. But the, 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 the numbers, I, I can rather than look back and say, well, I think that, you know, maybe I ate that because I'm a night eater. And, and so what did I eat at 12 o'clock in the morning? Um, so I was just thinking about the um, need to continue. I, I've been back on that for, I, although I fell off last night with a few things, but but making sure I'm logging. And um, I'm sort of with uh, journaling or or anything like that is good for me, especially with my poor memory, um, uh, because looking back doesn't work for me. So I I guess the obliger part, um, obliger, that doesn't sound right. Is that right? Obliger part of that?
0: You're zhuzhing it up a little bit. It's obliger. Oh. Obliger, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> Elijah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, knowing that others can can see definitely makes a difference for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so um, Paula is somebody who is also on my text messaging plan. And um, part of that is for me to also look at your daily food log and just have that external accountability, give you feedback. Um, And so that's something that's available if anybody else wants to add that on, if you feel like that would be motivating and helpful for you. Another thing I'd like to suggest is if you wanna put this in the chat, if you are on Card Manager and you want to share your username, um, so we can look each other up by your email or your username, and then we can be friends on Card Manager. So when you're friends with somebody on Card Manager, um, it does not show your actual weight. Um, I just want to make that clear. It'll show how much you've lost since you first started. So it won't show your starting weight or your current weight because I know that that can feel a little bit weird, right? Um, But it will show like, okay, um, Paulette has lost 23 pounds since she started. So just to clear that up in case that was causing anybody to feel afraid of following other people. You can also see people's food logs and you can see their recipes. So if Paulette creates a recipe for Paulette's custard that she likes to make. So then if you guys click on that, you can actually see the recipe that she created um, and then pull that into your recipes and and stuff like that. So that's that's an available option. If anybody wants to put that in the chat, um, feel free to do that as well. So, okay. Jerry said, I just see my name listed as Jerry. Is that correct? No, nope, that's not going to be your username. Um, whatever email address that you signed up with, um, you can put that in the in the chat and then people can search you by that way. Um, so I have a username on there at the KetoFit. If anybody wants to friend me um, on Card Manager, if we're not friends yet, feel free to do that. Um, just so you know, I don't really ever log my food anymore. (laughs) So you're you're not going to see stuff on my logs, but if I ever do log something, you'll see it. Um, But you should be able to see my recipes as well there though. So, okay. So um, does anybody have somebody in their lives who they think is an upholder? (laughs) Jerry says stalk me people. Um, Do you know an upholder? Does anybody actually want to cover Um, an upholder, because we can take the time to do that, but if it's not gonna be helpful, we can definitely move on to something else.
1: I don't know what an upholder is, so good to know what it is.
0: Sure, an upholder is somebody who's motivated by both outer expectations and inner expectations. So an upholder is probably the most motivated (laughs) out of the bunch, just because there's simply um, more to be motivated by, right? um, I'm an upholder. So upholders are those people who you meet who say, yeah, I just decided to be a vegan and I never went back. (laughs) Upholders are the people who say, I just decided to go keto and I never went back. That's why I'm like, I've been keto for eight years and it's just, I'm wired differently. You know, I just decided, um, if I say I'm going to wake up at 5am and journal every day, I'm going to do that. So as an upholder though, it has to, I, I have to, um, create an expectation for myself, even if it's something that I desire to do. Unless it becomes a real expectation, I'm not gonna follow through. So it actually has to be an expectation, even though it's something that I have for myself, I have to create an expectation. So for example, I have a bunch of like things floating around in my head of things that I would like to do someday. If I don't write it down, it's not gonna happen. But as soon as I put it in my planner, as a dream that I have for myself or a goal that I'm working towards. And then I dedicate time to do it. So I put it in my planner and it's it's going to get scheduled. It's going to get done, even though no one else will know if I'm going to do it. I will know. And I feel very motivated by checking something off of my to-do list as an upholder. Um, So when I'm working with my coach or my therapist, I might have some conflict with somebody else in my life and it's floating around in my head, but I'm not going to do anything about it until I start talking about it. As soon as I tell somebody else or I create an external expectation, um, even though it's my own thing, no one will know if I, you know, reach out to that person and try to have a reparative conversation. Nobody except me and that person. So it doesn't matter um, about the external accountability, but because I created an expectation, I told my therapist, I need to do something about this. I do it that week. Um, so it's, it's, um, still something that upholders need to be intentional about. They don't just do whatever they have to create expectations, but they're very motivated by their internal expectations as well as external expectations. So I'm just as motivated by my own goals for myself as the goals that my boss told me to meet at my work. Right. So both are just as important to me, but I have to create expectations for both. And then there are questioners. So some of you might know a questioner in your life. These are people who are only motivated by their own internal expectations. They don't give a rip about outer expectations unless it aligns with their own inner expectations. If their boss happens to want them to do something that they also want to do, great, that's a good alignment. They're aligning their outer (laughs) environment with their own internal expectations. Um, Questioners have to be completely convinced of something in order to succeed. So researching is very important for them. Um, Understanding the science behind something is very important to them. Anything that seems arbitrary or inefficient, they're just like, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. (laughs) So it's very important if you know a questioner in your life to take the time to, um, you know, it might seem belaboring to an obliger. Well, the boss said to do it. So just do it. That's not good enough for a questioner. They need to understand the process behind it and why we're doing this and yada yada. So questioners are also very motivated by measuring things. So researching something at length and understanding it. um, And then also by measuring things so measuring their progress like they want to see not only the scale go down, but, um, you know, their blood sugar is going down, they're sleeping better. They're going to be wearing the wearable technology that's giving them biofeedback. Like that's all the stuff that they're just going to absolutely love and going to motivate them. Um, does anybody feel like, you know, a questioner in your life? Somebody that's always just like, yeah, but why that seems stupid. That's inefficient.
3: I gave Anyone? first one.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So those are the four categories of people. Wasn't that class fun? And remember, that's just a snippet of it. So I hope that you'll check out the full class. It's just $22. And the value is just incredible. Like once you wrap your mind around this and once you feel that validation and that self-compassion and that empowerment to begin taking action in a way that is aligned for you, it's really not only going to change everything about the way that you approach self-care through your nutrition, but really any goal that you pursue in your life. So check out that class, head on over to bit.ly slash self-care keto class. It's on sale through the end of this month. So snatch it up. I'll see you next week. You don't have to eat every meal at home and stick rigidly to a boring meal plan to be successful. You don't have to sacrifice pleasure and fun to get results. In fact, you'll probably self-sabotage if you do it that way. In the Self-Care Keto Restaurant Guide, I take you through a plan to navigate the food opportunities of eating out at restaurants from a mindset of self-care. It's a 38-page, easy-to-use, downloadable, and printable guide, and yes, I tell you exactly what to order at 41 different restaurants, fast food chains, and genres of cuisine, including American, Indian, Italian, Mexican, Chinese, Thai, sushi, etc. But here's what else you'll get from this guide. You'll feel confident and relaxed about going out to eat, whether you choose to eat keto or to have a planned deviation from it. You'll learn about and celebrate your personality type and how that impacts your food choices. Are you an abstainer or a moderator and what do you do about it? You'll learn how to have a planned deviation or a carb up when going out to eat without any guilt or drama. You'll learn how to incorporate carb cycling into your social plans and going out to eat. You'll have strategies for food and alcohol that actually work for you. You'll develop self-awareness and self-compassion for emotional eating on special occasions or even just on the weekends. You'll know how to succeed at any kind of restaurant from fast food to fine dining. You'll feel in control and have zero regrets, and you'll be ready to get right back on track with a healthy mindset after a deviation. Head on over to the slash restaurant to grab your copy today.